Since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June, abortion has dominated the headlines. Questions over access abound in courtrooms, hospitals, and state houses, and now on college campuses. Amna Nawaz is back with more on the challenges ahead for the higher education community. As the fall semester begins at colleges and universities across the country, students, parents, and higher ed health officials are grappling with how to navigate new restrictions on abortion. The NewsHour spoke with people on both sides of the debate over abortion access about how the post-Roe landscape impacts their lives and choices as they go back to school. I'm Marissa Pittman, a junior at Duluth University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm 20 years old. This decision has significantly impacted me along with my community. My name is Katie Gooding. I am a junior at Liberty University and I'm 20 years old. Because Liberty is a very Christian and conservative school, we've been able to be extremely civil. My name is Namisha Shrikant. I am 21 years old and I'm a senior public health major at Texas A&M University. It's difficult down in states where abortion is completely banned. There are no exceptions at all, like here in Texas. I'm Anna Young. I'm 19 years old, and I am currently a sophomore at Concordia University, Wisconsin. On my campus, the consensus has been that we want to live in a poster America. I am Susan Ernst, and I am the chief of gynecology and sexual health at the University of Michigan. When I first heard that Roe versus Wade was overturned was a feeling of frustration. Hi, my name is Sophie Anderson Haney. I'm 18, and I'm a freshman at Agnes Scott College in Decatur, Georgia. Hi, I'm Erin Haney. I live uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I am the mother of Sophie. When I heard Roe v. Wade was overturned, I immediately called my mom. We just talked about how mad it made us and how angry we felt. If anything, I felt kind of relieved that she would be going to a women's college that really focuses on women's leadership. After the Supreme Court decision was leaked, the University of Michigan created a task force to address abortion access, um, both in the case of a ban on abortion or if abortion remained legal in certain states. The United States has a history of denying rights, especially when it comes to one's health, um, from Black women. As student leaders, we are working with the administration to talk about more health options for our clinic on campus so that more reproductive services are offered for students who need them. I am the co-leader of the Life Ministry on my campus, so we spend our Saturdays uplifting those nonviolent resources in the community, whether that's a maternity home, a pregnancy help organization, or any other nonprofit that steps in the gap in a poster America. Georgia just passed a very strict abortion law that outlaws abortion um, after six weeks gestation. Agnes Scott College wants students to know that they're there to support them. It's a very, very supportive community and their communication is excellent. Um, I guess I just want to say that we're in a, a position of incredible privilege. The fact that I can choose to send her out of state, that she can choose a college out of state, most people don't have a choice. So the overall guidance from Texas A&M has been none. 
There were no emails sent out. The student health services didn't say anything. So my organization is called Feminists for Reproductive Equity and Education, or Free Aggies for short. So we are the reproductive justice organization on campus. So we will hold educational meetings talking about reproductive justice topics. We've had multiple students who have gone through an abortion. I've known a couple individuals who have thought about it, but Liberty uh, actually has their own crisis pregnancy center. They have what they call their godparent home, which will help students who end up in a crisis pregnancy be able to still continue their education while also still living near the campus and having those resources available to them. We're looking at um, every aspect of uh, campus life that could be impacted by this decision. Teaching and the academic environment, how we support students, what students are um, concerned about and um, uh, and will need um, in these situations. Young people are fighting the good fight. We're on the ground, we're doing the work. There are so many people that are still committed and passionate about this work. I know so many of my peers who are continuing to do good for the community no matter what is going on. And I think that it is young people that are leading today's movement that are fighting these different fights because it is going to be our country soon. This, um, not soon, but it is our country right now. And we're joined now by Bayless Fittiman. She's Director of Educational Equity at the National Women's Law Center. Bayless Fittiman, welcome to the News Hour. Thanks for joining us. Broadly speaking, when you look at the landscape, since Roe was overturned, what kind of reaction, if any, have we seen from colleges and universities? Have they been changing their policies or trying to update guidance or offer more resources or have things largely stayed the same? We're looking at a patchwork um, across the United States where um, depending on which state a university or college or university may be in, uh, the laws there are different, of course, and some universities are state funded, some are privately funded, some are um, religious institutions, and so each university would be responding to this situation at a different level. Prior to Roe being overturned, what kind of support <laughs> could pregnant students, for example, what kind of support could they expect from college health centers or, or services? And, and how has that changed since Roe was overturned, if it has? Yeah, you know, now that Roe um, is overturned, we, one of our biggest concerns is whether students information and their privacy rights will be protected when they go to a university health center. So um, before being able to go to a university health center to uh, requ request birth control access or uh, letting the university health center know that you did receive um, an, an abortion. And, and now our biggest concern is whether students' um, private information is protected in those settings. Towards that, you know, continuing their education, what about parenting students? Uh, I mean, do we know about what kind of support is available for college students right now? Uh, we know that only about half of teenage mothers earn a high school diploma by the age of 22. And 52% of students who are uh, parenting students in college, uh, they only 52% complete their degree. Yet they are a significant population within our universities because one in five undergraduates are raising children. So um, despite these barriers, these students do a great job. They're statistically uh, more likely to earn higher grade point averages compared to their peers without children. So at the moment, we could be doing a lot better to support students who are parenting on campus for sure. Bayless, let me ask you specifically about the impact on black women, because there's this Washington Post analysis from last month that, that pointed out roughly three quarters 
of all HBCUs are in states where abortion has already either been mostly or completely banned. And we know that black women in America seek abortions at, at higher rates. They face the highest maternal, maternal risks, I should say. And they could also face higher risks of maternal mortality since Roe was overturned. So what should institutions in those states be doing right now? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, we do know that most student parents are people of color, and 33% of student parents are, in fact, uh, African-American students. So and, and places where bans are going in, into effect and where HBCUs, um, which ultimately are where most of the HBCUs are located, uh, it's really important to make sure that students, again, are protected on campus, that their privacy is protected. But ultimately, there are resources that universities can, can, can think about providing, which would include offering some pl family planning services on campus um, as a preventative measure, but also making sure that um, students have resources such as affordable quality child care on campus. Bayless, it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty. You're seeking clarity on a lot of these issues. It's a complicated patchwork of a legal landscape. What is your advice to college students as they begin this year and they try to figure out what they can and cannot legally do? Absolutely. Um, so for college students, I would suggest making sure that you are aware of the laws in your state. Make sure that you know how those laws are changing, what your options are if you need to leave a state to, to receive a, a reproductive health service. But ultimately, I would suggest being as discreet as possible, considering your health concerns, of course, but as discreet as possible if you do decide to move forward with terminating your pregnancy. Bayless Fittiman, Director of Educational Equity at the National Women's Law Center. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.